When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week here the Sustainable Success way. It is uh, hard to believe we are almost at the end of March. Q1 is official at as of 11.59 tonight. Again, for those that are have been a little late to the game in terms of getting your goals put together for 2022, well, let's start moving forward with 2022. Feel free to reach out to us at, at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. We'd be more than happy to kind of take a look what you're working on, whether if you're a solopreneur, a small business, or a corporation, we'd be happy to review and uh, provide input and uh, some direction of where you could go in Q2 through Q4. Well, our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together, a chance to rekindle old relationships, perhaps meet new people for the first time, and it takes all the noise out of social media. This is an opportunity to be genuine and authentic, share all types of content in, in, a, in a very uh, you know, safe and trustful way, and an opportunity, again, to perhaps maybe land your next new job or business venture. Again, check them out at alumnidirect.com. For those that are new to, uh, to Sustainable Success, you found us here at the Voice American Influencers Channel. We also encourage you to check us out on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts, as well as our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights, helping to help you move your business and personal success to the next level. So again, we highly encourage you to check that out. And you can do, uh, do that at Sustainable Success 2017. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about communication with impact. Now, you know, that word impact, you know, in today's world, if we're going to give value to each other, it has to be with impact and it starts with communication. And we have the right person to do that today. And we're going to be talking with Patrick Donadio and Patrick is a communication specialist for over 30 years. He has delivers custom high value live and virtual presentations to help leaders and their teams communicate clearly, lead effectively, present powerfully, listen attentively, and make a greater impact on their, their bottom line through his engaging keynotes, practical training programs, and one-on-one coaching. Patrick is one of a handful of people in the world to hold both the highest earned designation in both the speaking, certified speaking professional, NSA, and coaching fields, master certified coach, and that's with ICF. And without further ado, we welcome Patrick Donadio to the show. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Doing great. I am so excited to have you on. And you know this, uh, you know this thing about communication. You know, communication is just the basis of of so many things when it comes to business. And if we could talk about you know, why communication is so important in business. And if you could maybe outline some steps to communication, uh, we'd like to start there 
with everyone that's listening that is going to be because we have such a diverse audience in terms of when it comes to business. Yes, Chris, you know, we spend about 80 percent of our waking day in some form of communications, whether that's on the phone or talking face to face or virtually like we're doing today or sending an email or being in front of groups. You know, we spend so much time communicating. And as I always like to say, anybody can talk, but not everybody's communicating with impact. So I've tried to help business owners and leaders think about strategically communicating. So I, I thought I'd quickly just run through the six keys in the impact process. And then let's talk about what kind of communication challenges people are facing today. And we'll help them with some great ideas. That would be great. We'd love to hear the six uh, steps here. Yeah. And these aren't done in any order, but I tried to make it easier for people to remember the six keys. And so the word impact is an acronym. So let me quickly run through those six keys. Uh, the I is for the intention, right? Every great communication starts with a thought. So we always talk about think before you speak or before you write. And so we'll talk a little bit about well, how the intention is such an important part of the process. The M is the message and the method. So once you know what your intention is, then what's the right things to be saying? How do you achieve that intention by crafting a powerful message? And what's the right method, right? There's so many tools today to communicate and there's a lot of methods and we're gonna talk about that as well. The P is the person. And as you know, Chris, we're all different and unique. We're not all the same. So I always remind people, you know, you shouldn't just send one message to everybody. Think about personalizing the message to the receiver. So that's the IMP of the process. So that's kind of planning the content. The ACT of the impact is thinking about planning the delivery. So the A is activate. So we talk a lot about the importance of being an active listener. And I'd love, I'd love to share some listening tips today to help our listeners actually be a better listener. Oh, please do. We would love that, Patrick. Yeah. Active listening is so imperative. Please, do and, that and also the A is for active engagement, because then you probably heard a lot about the Gallup studies and engagement. And so that's a big, big topic these days. And that's the A for activate. The C is clarify. How do you make sure the message you sent is the same message that they received? So we talk about how do you check for understanding? And then the T is transform. And so even though you've done all these things, you still want to transform this intention into the results you want to get. So we talk about two types of transformation that have to happen to be an effective communicator. One is an internal transformation and one is an external transformation. So there you have the six keys, I-M-P-A-C-T. And let's talk today about what are some of the audience's communication challenges from your perspective, Chris, and let's give them some great, powerful solutions. I would love that. I think when it comes to challenges, a lot of times, Patrick, and I'm going to leave it up to you, you know, to lead this here because you're, you're an expert in this area of doing it for so long. A lot of times when you look at in the business world, a lot of things are based on assumption and speculation. We oftentimes think that we're communicating clearly to someone, but in reality, are we really being specific, clear, and concise, or is it on assumption and speculation? And then when there's, when there's conflict or you know, disappointment or you know, something happens in the workplace, a lot of times it goes back to that communication. Can you talk to that? Because I think that's always a concern that we've heard that, that's come up here at Sustainable Success. Yes. And you know, Chris, uh, first of all, I think we need to spend just a couple seconds reminding everybody that some methods of communication are a lot less interactive. And so I call these like linear communication. Yeah. So, so email and texting are linear communication. There's a higher percentage of chance for error with linear communication because it's one way. We're not getting that information back. So I always encourage people, uh, particularly leaders, and by the way, the higher you go up in the organization, the more important it is 
to have a higher definition between listening and talking. So I tell my leaders, if you're doing more than 80% of the talking, you need to be working on something because good leaders are good listeners. So as your point is, we make assumptions because sometimes we don't take the time to identify the needs or concerns of the receiver. And that's kind of what we talk about in the P-step. So A, pick the right method. If you have something that you think is going to be difficult to communicate or could be confusing, I would get off an email and text as soon as possible and get to a phone call or a video or the most obviously best is in person. But these other two forms of, you know, phone calls and videos are a good way to, again, collect information. So those are two quick thoughts. Let me see what you have maybe as a follow-up. Yeah, I would say that, again, I think that's great because I think with, when you said with Lanier, I mean, you know, people just sometimes are, you know, they're, they're in a rush, they're, they're, they're in a hurry and they put something out, but it's not, it's not clear enough. And then when something doesn't happen to what they were expecting, then they get disappointed. And so, I mean, what are we, some of the things that you could see where that, that, that could be an issue as well? Could it be one-to-one, one-to-many, or in this case, one-to-few or one-to-many as well? Yeah. So, first of all, I, w- I wanted to come back. You had just kind of talked about in the opening about it's uh, the end of uh, Q1, right? Yeah. And, you know, when I think about the end of Q1, what I think about is, hey, it's time for an all-hands meeting. Maybe it's time to get together and talk about, hey, how did Q1 go? What's been going well for us in Q1? Here are some things we're thinking about for Q2 and the rest of the year and get some input. So instead of just doing a presentation, I love to do what I call a town hall where you give people a chance to come prepared with thoughts and questions and you have a dialogue. And so I just wanted to share that, as you mentioned, the end of Q1. My first thought was, I hope our listeners are thinking, hey, it's time for uh, some kind of all hands communication, whether you do a you know, a president CEO letter, or maybe you do a president's video where you do it like an update of Q1 and plant some seeds and ask people to share their thoughts with you. So that's one quick thing is to make sure we have more opportunities to create open dialogue. And uh, so we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... 
back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Patrick Donadio. We're talking about communication with impact. And uh, if you're just joining us again, uh, we just came back from commercial break, and we were talking about what the acronym of IMPACT is, I-M-P-A-C-T, with communication. Again, uh, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today at Sustainable Success with the Voice America Influencers Channel. So, Patrick, I was going to ask you, you know, what are some of the things that people could be doing in, in terms of, you know, learning how to improve their communication, taking that extra time, certain things that allow them to engage each other to offset that assumption and speculation? Yes. You know, Chris, one thing I've been doing is I've been traveling the country for a few years. I know you do a lot of speaking also around the country. And whenever I'm doing a live workshop, I always ask this question of the audience. How many of you have had a formal 60 minute or longer listening skills training program. And you know what I find? I find that less than 15 to 20% of the audience raises their hand. So one thing that I think a lot of us can do to be a better communicator is really work on our listening skills. And some studies show that you should be spending about 55% of your day in some form of listening. But I know for a lot of us, that's not really going to be the case. So uh, I want to take a little bit of time and talk about the value of asking good questions and getting information, because I think you shared how could be a challenge sometimes when we make assumptions. Well, you make assumptions when you don't have information and you need to fill in the gaps. And assumptions happen on both sides. They happen at the top as leaders try to make decisions without good information. And they happen at the bottom when, you know, a team and staff members try to implement things without good information. So I thought we'd take maybe a couple minutes and talk about listening skills and also about personality styles. So you pick which one of those two you want to go to, but those are two important things that I think can help our listeners think about becoming better communicators. Well, I love that. And I think what I, for me, and I know for a lot of people here, I would say let's start with listening because I always say that, you know, if we're not listening effectively or using active listening, then how can we really communicate at a higher level? So let's, if you could mind, mind starting there, that would be great. Perfect. Well, first thing I'd like to talk about is that it's hard to be a good listener. And, and it's not just the fact that a lot of us haven't had listening skills training. And by the way, that's a new topic that I've had clients requesting. And I started doing in the last two years because of, uh, because of COVID, I've started doing more listening skills training. But so let's start with why it's hard to be a good listener. And here's one of the main reasons is because we can think faster than people can speak. So on average, Chris, the average person thinks at about 500 words per minute and the average person can speak at about 150. Now, I think you and I, we're probably a little faster than average. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, and you're, you're an East Coaster. I'm, I'm kind of an, a fake East Coaster. So I think for us, we may be going at 175 or 200. But I, I want our listeners to think right away, though, that just remember when you're communicating, and even if it's 150 or 175 words per minute, the person you're talking with is thinking three times faster. So when you're talking with somebody, their mind is clicking three times faster. So let me give you a little audio signals. Like here's you talking, beep, and here's the person's brain working, beep, beep, beep. So your one beep goes to their three. So in order to be a good listener, you really have to take the time to be actively present. So that's the first thing. It's hard to be a good listener because of this natural gap between our thinking and speaking. So let's start with what people do with the gap. Now, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. And I want you to think for a second about a poor listener you know. Don't mention their name. We don't want to embarrass them. 
But what do you yeah. think poor listeners are doing with this gap? What are poor listeners doing with the gap? I would say that they're either their mind is in in few different areas, or they could be perhaps multitasking uh, at you know doing something. So whether if it's in their head or they're actually doing something, that could be something. Or they, if you're like in sales, if you 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 you're 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 hearing what the person's saying, but you're you're waiting for that person to stop because you know that what you're going to respond with could help them. So are we really listening to them? That's what yeah. comes to mind. And you're right on target. And I would like all our listeners to play this little game is to really start with thinking, what are poor listeners doing? And they're going to see, just like you shared, some of the things that they're actually doing themselves. And what you shared are very common. For example, trying to think about your response when the other person is talking. If you're a salesperson, the biggest challenge we have is not to be focused on what I'm going to say next, but to really be listening to the customer and identifying what's their biggest problem, pain, challenge, or need. And we can't give them the solution until we listen and diagnose first. So here are a couple things that I think can help us all become good listeners. Number one, stay present. So, so I think if you want to be a good listener, two things you can do very quickly. Number one is make sure you make good eye contact because when you're looking at the person, it forces you to focus on them. Poor listeners focus too much on themselves and thinking about what they want to say or what, what their next step is or how uncomfortable they might be feeling. So make good eye contact. Look at the person. And that's one important thing. Another thing, you know, we call it active listening, Chris. And so this may or may not always be possible, but I think taking notes would be a great way to help us stay focused. And I'm curious if yeah. you've ever found yourself taking notes when you're having a conversation with somebody. Absolutely. I, that's something that I, I do, Patrick. I mean, matter of fact, I'm doing that right now <laughs> while I'm listening to writing these things out. But anytime, like, especially as an, as a coach, as an executive coach, anytime I do a discovery call with somebody, I, I'm always taking notes and I always make it known when I get on the call that, you know, you know don't mind if we're, I'm writing down what, you know, what you're saying, because it helps me to process what you're saying. So I know how to come back with the next question. And people are usually fine with it. And it shows that to them that, hey, this person really cares what I have to say. And then perhaps really they're really listening to me. Yeah, I love that, Chris. You know, in fact, I want to share a very quick story about my first uh, coaching opportunity to coach a CEO. I had, a, I had someone in my workshop who was the administrative assistant and the CEO was looking for a coach. And she said, hey, I, I had Patrick Donatio's workshop and I know he does coaching. You know, you might want to bring him in. And so they called me and asked me to come in for an interview. And I thought to myself, man, I'm never going to get this because I really don't coach CEOs. It was, a, you know, early in my coaching career. So I went in for the interview and I thought, you know, this will be a good experience. I won't get the job, but at least, you know, I'll have a chance to practice and maybe sometime in the future I'll get it. So I walked in and the first thing I said is kind of what you said. I said, hey, is it okay if I take a few notes? Because, you know, I want to make sure I'm hearing what you're looking for in a coach. And so he told me all about what he was trying to do and his needs and challenges. I took some notes. He thanked me very politely. And I left and I thought, well, you know, that's good experience. And, and then I got a call about three weeks later and he hired me to be his coach. And so when I got there, I asked him this question. I said, I'm very curious. Why did you hire me? I know you interviewed quite a few folks. And here's what he said to me, Chris. He said, you know what? You were the only person that took notes. Yeah. And he said, that showed me something about you. That told me you were interested in me and that you were a detailed person. And that's what I'm looking for in a coach. 
So it's not only helpful for you as a listener, but sometimes, as you said, Chris, it really gives the message that I really care about you. I'm caring enough that I want to hear it and I want to take some notes. So I agree. You should always tell people you're taking a few notes and explain why, you know, because it's helpful for me. If that's okay, I'd like to take a few notes. And the second thing, Chris, and, you know, I'm sure you do this as I do, is if you're in person or you're on a video, you want to make sure you take notes, but you make good eye contact. So I've really learned how to take some keyword notes without necessarily not having good eye contact. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes, like, I mean, occasionally I'll always keep eye contact. And then occasionally, if I know I have to write more than, you know, I'll look down briefly because I, you know, to make sure that I'm not going off the paper onto my right. desk or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I definitely can write things a lot faster than I can if I'm trying to type. I'm not a great typer, so I, I wouldn't yeah. be doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, we know there's a gap, right? And we talked about what do poor listeners do. So good listeners can make good eye contact, focus on the receiver, take notes. And a lot of people think, when you talk about listening, you're supposed to be passive. Well, listening is also active. And so, believe it or not, this may sound a little contrary to what I'm going to talk about when I think about listening, but good listeners also ask good questions. Mm. And so, we don't want to interrupt yeah. the person, but when you find that you're listening to somebody and all of a sudden you're a little confused or you're not really sure what they're really trying to say, the worst thing someone can do, and this is, I think, when I talk about personalities Sometimes introverts make this mistake is they just wait and they just wait to hopefully maybe they'll get more information. They're not wanting to be assertive. And so they wait and another three or four or five, 10 minutes go by and they don't really know what's going on. And then they tune out. So what I always say is when appropriate, if you're confused, politely interrupt and say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have kind of a couple of quick questions. Now you're saying, and you can do what I call the paraphrase or the rephrase. You're saying X, Y, Z. Um, do you really mean ABC? And they go, no, no, I mean XYZ. Okay. So asking questions, believe it or not, is actually a good listening skills technique. Yeah, I agree, Patrick. I think that's so important because, like I said, because then, you know, when you said that word assertive, that really stuck out for me because assertive is an interdependent trait, a form of communication, whereas if we're passive or aggressive, you know, which is to me is codependent, you know, it, it, it comes off in a, in a, in a wrong way to the, the person that that's talking. They, they, you know, you could be, you know, you're not, they don't feel like you're really, really engaging them. You could be a little directive, but in this case, cause you, you're looking for further clarification, but to me, it shows that, that you really are listening and you're just trying to get a better understanding that you didn't interpret it, you know, a, in a different way. Yes. And so again, I think for all of those folks who are listening today, and hopefully you're being an active listener, <laughs> you're, I'm hoping you're taking a couple notes right now because what I'd love for you to do as we wrap up our call, and we have a lot more time and a lot more topics to cover, but I want people to make sure they walk out today with two or three things they can do to start communicating with impact. And one of those things for all of us, and I am included, is start to think about how to become a better listener. Now, I want to take a minute and just talk about personality styles because I think that has an influence on how we actually communicate. Yes, please do. Let's do that. Now, I'm curious, Chris, um, have you done any personality profiles like a Myers-Briggs or a DISC or, you know, Strength Finders or anything like that? Yes, I've done. Yeah, I've done all three. And depending upon if I've done it with other people, it depends on the situation, either, you know, one of those three. And sometimes there could be another one that's not as mainstream as those three. Yeah. And 
I don't care which one you use, but I really recommend to all the listeners today, if you haven't had the opportunity to really take a little deep dive into your personality style, I highly recommend it. And you know, Chris, yeah. um, I, I, I happen to use DISC, and there, there's no right or wrong style, but I want to share with you, you know, this whole personality profile thing that's become really popular is really not something new. You know, back in 400 BC, Hippocrates was one of the first people to think about personality styles, and he used body fluids. I'm glad we don't use body fluids anymore, but he categorized people into four categories using body fluids. So it's not a new technique, but it's a valuable technique for all communicators, particularly leaders, to know their style. So let's do a quick uh, personality review, right? When you take a look at a lot of these personality tests, they're really based on these four quadrants, introvert, extrovert, analytical, relational. Yeah. So Let's talk about particularly introvert and extrovert right now as it relates to being a good listener. So introverts like to think before they speak. Extroverts like to speak before they think. So right away, it's a natural tendency for extroverts to be a little harder at being a good listener because their tendency is they want to start talking and they actually process better out loud. And so I think introverts have a little bit of an edge But the other side of the coin is sometimes introverts wait too long to speak up. And that's what we just talked about earlier is maybe they're lost or confused, but they don't want to interrupt. And so then they wait and they wasted another 10, you know, five, 10 minutes when they could have been a little more assertive. And and I don't want you to be aggressive. But again, so knowing your personality style is going to give you some ideas about how well you do any of these things when it comes to communicating. And particularly when it comes to listening, thinking about if you're an introvert, you want to probably speak up a little sooner. If you're an extrovert, you probably want to be quiet more often. Yeah, absolutely. I love that clarification that you gave, Patrick, because, I mean, even though some people have had, maybe went through DISC or one of the Myers-Briggs, or I think this clarification really helps out so people can know where they are uh, on that quadrant. And then also, you know, you know, in this way where you're going to show how we can communicate in a different way when we're talking to people wherever they fall here. Yeah. And while we're on the whole idea of the P-step, which is to personalize the message, I thought we'd all just take a moment and talk about how the P-step also influences how we get results. Because when you think about the other quadrants, analytical or relational, um, then we have some other things to think about. For example, analytical folks love the details and the data, and they love to go deep, and they have lots of questions, and they're really, really good at the details. The relational person does a great job of picking up on the emotions and the feelings that I think analytical folks sometimes miss, but the relational person sometimes doesn't get the information that they need or they stay at the high level because they get overwhelmed by the details. And so, again, as a good communicator, as a great leader, as a good salesperson, you know, as a great manager, you really want to make sure you know your personality style and you know a little bit about the people you're communicating with, and then you use this information to help you become a better communicator. Yeah, very helpful. And what do you, what, I mean, do you recommend, Patrick, like, you know, with the, when people have these, like these personality assessments that you do, is it very helpful that people like, I mean, they don't have to be, you know, certified in these particular areas themselves, but, but at least to have that knowledge and, and decree, you always have that awareness because this way that people did then can be more conscious knowing how to communicate in different ways to, uh, or and listening to uh, these people that fall under these different quadrants. Yeah, and, and I don't want people to just 
assume that we're all fitting into a box, right? Because we're yeah. not all the same. And so even introverts and extroverts, there's a variety of introverts and extroverts. There's analytical introverts, there's relational introverts, there's analytical extroverts, there's relational extroverts. So what I just suggest is if you're not really familiar with what we're talking about in terms of personality styles, take some time to go and read, right? You can Google up personality styles. I mean, in my chap in my book, in the P chapter, uh, Chris, I spend a lot of time talking about the four styles. I give some tips on how to identify introverts, how to identify extroverts, you know, what to do when you're communicating with introverts, what to do when you're communicating with extroverts. So it's a very important part. So if you know a lot about this, what I'm saying to you right now is start putting it into practice. If this is new to you, spend some time learning more about it because it's really going to influence the kind of impact you're going to make in your marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think this is great. And Patrick, in these particular things, what, what about frequency? Like when you talk, when you're, when you're doing these types of trainings and awareness, is it, is it helpful that obviously you don't do this one, one time that you, you know, doing this on a certain frequency is what really helps just to really set, to help people really get it ingrained and embedded at the subconscious level to really start really, you know, making those changes to be better, not only better listeners, but more effective communicators. You know, you hit on a very important point, Chris, and that is that really learning and development is a process, not an event. And so many organizations think about training or development as an event. Now, listen, I'll be the first to say I've gone into companies. I just will be doing, I'm doing a program next week, a one, one day program. It's an event. But, but I think for me, I like to think about it as a process. So as an educator and as a um, person of, a belief in processes, right? Because I got an impact process. I work with my clients on creating what I call the before, during, and after process. So whenever you're doing any training internally, if you happen to be a manager or a leader and you're thinking right now you want to do some training with your team or your folks, don't think that you're going to do a one-hour section on a topic and it's going to make a difference. So think about what I call the BDA approach. What do you do before the training? What do you do during the training? And what do you do after the training? And that goes along with what you just said, Chris, about repetition. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. So powerful. So we're going to be going to break here shortly in about a few minutes. Patrick, what are some other things that we can kind of elaborate on when we talked about, we started with the listening, um, you know, we talked about the different, you know, ways that how people, you know, process information and, and also how we, how they, you know, they speak. What are some other things that you could share to kind of round out this segment that we're talking on? Well, you know, Chris, I think when we come back from break, I'd love to talk about methods. I'd like to take a few minutes and talk about the different methods of communication and how do you decide, right, which method might be best for your intentions. And maybe we can spend a couple minutes talking about what are some different intentions and how your intention is going to drive the whole conversation. So let's come back after break and maybe go a little deeper on those two steps. The intention yeah, and the no, Absolutely. And we still have a few minutes to the break here. So like, like, so we can talk about that when we come back, but what I w wanted to ask you, like, what do you always find? Like when, you know, when we, what we, what you just shared with us, what do you find is the best way that resonates with people that are you know, perhaps, you know, learning this at a deeper level uh, for the first time? Like, what would it be? What is the best way? Is it stories, case studies? Is it, you know, something that can, that they can relate to? I just be, Love to hear that, and I'm sure the audience would too. If, if One minute, if you could share that, even if it's just one thing in one minute. Yeah. 
Well, I think if you want to really make sure people get and understand what you're communicating, you need to have a variety of ways to communicate it. So if I'm delivering, you know, like a meeting and we're trying to talk about some new customer change, it'd be great if I also gave an example of what the issue or problem was or an example of what the success was. So stories and examples are always a great, great learning opportunity. So I encourage people to really think about how you can build in stories to expand or kind of go deeper with the concept. Wow. Well, this is some powerful information. Again, we're listening to Patrick Donadio, Communication with Impact. Uh, this is just a wealth of information. And again, if you just joined us, a lot of details and a lot of golden nuggets that Patrick has shared here. We got more to come with the methods and intentions to communication here when we come back after the break. And uh, so we'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're here with uh, Patrick Donadale, uh, and we're talking about communication with impact. And today's show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also helping families to move forward to create interdependent family structures that allow them to move away from limiting beliefs and help create uh, children as they become adults to operate from a higher level of confidence and self-esteem. You can check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. So, Patrick, we had talked, you had laid out a lot of great information about communication with impact. You talk about the acronym of what impact is and kind of the, the process. We talked about listening concepts and so on. Can you talk a little bit about the methods a little bit more, if you could dive into that, and we can go from there. Yeah, thank you, Chris. You know, the M step, as we discussed earlier in the call, is on is for message and method. So uh, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the message, because I think a lot of us can create content. I would just say very quickly about the message, 
that uh, the three main parts of every great message are an opening, a body, and a closing. And I find a lot of folks tend to forget about the opening and the closing as much as they spend time on the body. So if you happen to be making a presentation to a group or running a meeting, I really recommend you spend a little extra time thinking about how do I open up and how do I wrap up? But let's jump into the method. Uh, and so there's a variety of ways we communicate today, you know, and it's, it's almost overwhelming, right? Because we have, you know, we have in-person, we have now, of course, with code, we have virtual, whether it be Zoom or Teams or, you know, Google Meet. We have uh, emails and texting and phone calls and, and videos are a very important part of the communication that we could be thinking about. So I want all our listeners to be thinking about picking the right method that might work best for the particular intention. So let's go back to the intention for a second, then I'll show you about the method. Uh, as I said in the early call, the eyes for the intention, the intention is pretty much the why behind the communication. So many people, Chris, they start thinking about the what right away. And I really think you need to be thinking about the why. So what I tell people is uh, if you can just take 60 seconds and ask yourself this question, why am I having this conversation? Why am I writing this email? Yeah. So let's, let's, let's so why would, yeah. Why, what is the intention? Like I said, cause a lot of times people will just write an email for an email. What, what is it that you're looking to obtain back from that person? Is it important and why? Yes. So for example, let's say um, I'm going to be having a team meeting and I really want to make sure that I get our team more excited and motivated as we move into Q2. Well, first of all, if my intention is in motivation and building relationships, that automatically says to me, that's not going to work well in an email or a text. It's going to work better in a face-to-face -face meeting, in a virtual call, or in a video. So once you get a clear idea about the intention, then you want to think about, right, what's the best method to communicate that? If you're dealing with a very sensitive issue, I would not spend a lot of time on email. Because email, for example, does two things. Number one, as we know, Chris, email can be very confusing and misinterpreted. And number yes. two, email can be permanent. And things you put in email, you kind of forget, but that can come back to haunt you. Now, I'm not saying you should never write an email. I'm just saying remember that email is permanent. And I've heard many occasions where people regret what they sent out by email because they came back to hunt them. So, again, the intention drives the method. Now, I I'm kind of curious, Chris, uh, you know, the a lot of methods I talked about, what would you say is your favorite go-to method? What's your favorite method to use, Chris, when you're communicating? I mean, for me, I mean, for me, Patrick, I mean, I'm a speaker just like you and, and, and a coach. So, for me, it's always one-to-one, -one, or in this case, if it's speaking one-to-many, but, you know, but if it's with one person, always verbal for me. It's just, yeah. if, I ever, if I ever have that opportunity to speak face-to-face, -face, it's best or at the very least virtually. Yeah. Well, I, and I hear you, and I'm pretty similar to you, uh, but uh, what I've been finding is I've been doing the research and, and talking a lot about this is not everybody's like us, Chris. A lot of people prefer email. A lot of people don't want to pick up the phone. A lot of people don't want to have that face-to-face. -face. And I think with COVID, it's even made it even harder for people to want to actually get out there and have that interpersonal communication. So I want our listeners to think right now about this point that I'm going to share. We tend to go to our preferred method. So if I like phone calls, I'm going to more likely want to do a phone call. If I like emails, I'm going to more likely want to send an email. And what I want to tell people is take a moment and think about what's the receiver's preferred method. Start with their preferred method if possible, because that's going to open the door. I'll give you a quick example. I've got some grown adult children, and I just know from experience, first of all, I've learned don't ever send an email because my kids told me, Dad, we don't use email. 
that's kind of for work. I'm like, okay, sorry, I won't send an email. And if I ever try to leave a voicemail, sometimes I even get, you know, the mailboxes full. So I've learned with my adult children, if I want to start a communication, I need to text first. And then I can move it to some other method, right? So again, I want all of our listeners to remember, don't always start with your preference. Think about the receiver's preference and try maybe to go to their point first, and then you can move to a different method. And I'm curious if you've ever done that at all, Chris. No, absolutely. Again, you know, I, I think what, what you're saying here, and it's very true about with generational types, you know, it's not that you're labeling that if everyone's a millennial, this is how they communicate or a Gen Z, but it's so true. I know with my son who is on the, you know, on the younger side of a Gen Z, you know, he's still in high school, but it, it's text, you know, that's how he likes to communicate. And that, that's what he responds in a very timely fashion. If I left a voicemail or God forbid, send an email, I probably right. wouldn't even right. get a response. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, again, these are, again, I agree with you. We're not, we don't want to stereotype, but we're giving an example. I, I'll tell you what, for me, Chris, uh, I work with a lot of high level leaders and I've learned a long time ago, I just go right to their admin person and their admin yeah. person is the person that's, that really makes the connection for me. So, and this is so true. So I use an email, I go to the admin, then they communicate with their CEO or the, you know, the senior VP or the COO, and then they get back to me and they schedule a call or whatever. So just as we think about the method, number one, go back to the intention. If your intention is to discover information versus to inform, then your method is going to be different. If I'm here to discover information, I hopefully would be asking and allowing people to ask more questions. If I'm here to inform, I'd be doing more talking, right? So the intention drives everything. And I wanted to make sure uh, just as we continue giving people valuable ideas on how to be a better communicator, we at least spend the time to think about, A, take the 60 seconds and ask yourself, why am I communicating? And then once you get clear about the intention, then think about what should I say or what should I use in terms of the method? So I always say intent before content. Ah, oh, I like that. And then the intent second part is- content. Yeah, and then intent drives content. So these are two little catchy phrases that I always remind myself. So when I think about you know the message and the method, I always kind of go back to the intention. I think that's so important what you just said, you know, Patrick. When 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 you can really take that extra, even if it's like five ten seconds, just to kind of think, like you said, you said it earlier before. Think before you know, way think before you speak, and let which introverts tend to do this way. It's not that you got to, you know, you can be an extrovert as well, but if, if we just, just take that extra, you know, that just extra five to 15 seconds, whatever it is to determine what is the, the intent that obviously is going to be more impactful, what you've been sharing and how, what, what is going to come across in the content to either engage or, or, or to get that other person to, you know, in a way, not that you're doing to get them to do what you're desiring them to do, but to get them to respond in wherever that's going to mutually benefit both you and that person. Right. And it, it's, it's really a cooperative effort to get results. I mean, we don't get results, even as a leader, we don't get results by just, you know, being direct and being aggressive and pushing people. Right. In fact, I like to use the phrase pull. I like, I like to use pull communication sometimes. You know, you can get a lot mm -hmm. done by pulling people. And asking good questions and sometimes even getting them to come up with a solution, right? You know this, Chris, as coaches, that's part of our job is we don't yeah. always have the answers. Our job is to help 
our clients uncover the answers. And if they get stuck, we'll help them. But the first go-to is they're knowledgeable and they probably know what they could be doing. They just need a little bit of time to help people process it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. And like I said, I mean, I just think that, that you know, when it, especially when it comes to email or text or some of these, you know, uh, ways that people communicate doesn't necessarily mean people always get back to you. And it, but more likely they will get back when they, you know, either consciously or subconsciously pick up on your intent, yes. you know, in this way that, that, that it's, that it's a positive intent. Yeah. And, and just when you mentioned email, let's take 30 seconds and talk about email. First of all, you know, some common mistakes I find with email is people tend to put too much information in the email. You know, we're, we're so all impatient today. You know, if you have more than 10 paragraphs, I mean, if you have more than three paragraphs, it's too much. So today with email, number one, that subject line is the, is the headline to the commercial, to the ad, or like a text. So don't just put in the subject line, hello. And when you respond or forward an email, change that subject line. Because I got an email, oh, in the middle of COVID that said lunch on Thursday. And I'm like, what the heck? Who's doing lunch on Thursday? And here it was an email from like before COVID. They just responded to me. And when I saw lunch on Thursday, I didn't even look at it till later in the day because I'm like, I'm not doing lunch. So when you write an email, number one, that subject line is so critical, right? So it might say something like a question about the meeting on Thursday at four o'clock. Now I know exactly what the email is about because I'm sure you're like me, Chris. I have, I get 200 some emails a day. And yeah. I see those subject lines and that right away makes me decide to open or not open. So number one, yeah. think about the subject line. Number two, a lot of white space and bullets going to make it easier to read for people. And start with the end in mind. If you got something you want, put it at the beginning of the email and then give the details of the history. Put the word action, right? But we can use emails in a more effective way. Even though it is linear, you can still use it in a more effective way to help minimize misunderstandings and reduce errors. No, it's so true. That was a great, great point uh, in here. And then also, like, you know, P- Patrick, you know, when you're dealing with a a company, let's just say, you know, again, it's like, I don't know, maybe if it's 100 to three, 400 people or something like that. Again, you're going to, you might have, di- you're, there's going to be some diversity there. There's going to be different people, uh, different, you know, again, going back to the generation types, again, we, we're not labeling just because you're, you fit into one that you're, but it's getting an idea like that. It's not one size fits all. So sometimes we're going to have to adapt to know how to communicate effectively to certain people, how they best perceive it. Would that be safe to say? Oh, exactly. And that's what I think we've all been doing for the last two years as we've all had to jump on to virtual meetings. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing, and you know this, because you just probably had a recent live engagement. I'm back doing live engagements. But boy, when you're virtual, it's easy for people to tune out. So you've got to engage people even more frequently. So when I talk about the activation step, we talk about active listening, which we already did. Let's talk about active engagement. I remind people that you have to engage people physically, mentally, and emotionally, particularly when you're running with the group. Because you've got analytical people, you've got, you know, relational people. So I call it the 3D experience, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And even on our call today, Chris, we've been engaging people physically, not, you know, by hoping that I told them, hey, take a few notes, write a few things down. Uh, We told some stories, right? That's an emotional way to connect people. 
right? And then mentally, as they're listening, you know, we're asking them to do things or to think or sharing questions. So I'm working really hard today, even though we're on this. Oh, you're you know, doing, you're doing all, you're doing great. You're doing great. Cause like you said, you're engaging them, no matter, we can't see them. Right. But we're engaging them, even though they can't actively participate, but yet just knowing just what, why and what you do each and every day, like myself, we know that engagement that people are more likely, you know, doing something, they're writing something down. Yeah. So if you're running any virtual meetings and I'll tell you what, Chris, I don't think we're going to see virtual go away. We're going to be seeing more hybrid. A lot of events that I've attended uh, have done hybrid where they now have a live audience, but they still have the virtual audience. So we yeah. all as a, as good communicators need to be thinking about how do we engage people virtually? And one way to do that is like every three to five minutes, every two to three minutes, you got to change up the pace. You want to do something to get their attention. You want to change your voice. You want to ask questions. You want to bring in stories or examples. You want to share statistics or, or give a quote. I mean, these are all tools that you have to build in, right? The old days of the talking head are over. Yeah, so, so true. And, what, and like you said, you know, with these different platforms, you know, with the hybrid, you know, it's so important that, that like you said, like the engagement is 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 going to be so important so like you know for instance like even at events you see like there's breakout sessions and then there's right. fireside chats there's panel discussions there's like a mix you know because again it's to encourage that inter interactive uh, the interactive part of it you know so it's not just the experts up there it's the it's the it's the audience that's you know playing a part and in a lot of ways helping each other out they're getting more out of that with the engagement which i always find is best yeah. And, you know, if you are a leader running meetings, whether they're live or virtual, I highly recommend you think of how to engage the group. Right. As I say, the talking head days are over. You shouldn't be running a meeting where you're doing all the talking. You know, I think it's great to provide opportunities for questions, to provide opportunities for people to talk to a partner and share some thoughts and go deeper. Like, you know, like we do in virtual. I mean, I've been doing virtual. I'll, I'll still have a few events coming up that are virtual next week. And I'm using polls. I'm using the chat. I ask people to wave to the screen. Uh, we do breakout rooms. And so we're continually, I do hot seats. I'll bring up somebody and we'll hi, you know, highlight them on the screen and we'll do a little coaching session. So again, people are very impatient and we need to think about how do we engage them on a regular basis. And again, the three areas I like to think about physically, mentally, and emotionally. So that's a little bit about the engagement and activating the listener. Wow, that's powerful, and it's so, so, so true. And and you know, in, in a in a world that we live in, with so many you know things going on and distractions, it it's so imperative that that engagement is there. And what you just uh, depicted there, Patrick, is so important. So I'm thank so thankful that you shared that. And and I guess you know that could be for anything. You know, you know, not just in business. Even though we're you know this is a business show, and we we talk about. But if, if when people can get into that frame of what you just described in their even their everyday life in a way, like not that they have to talk to their loved ones virtually, but but but, you know, finding other ways that they can. I mean, that that really embeds that at the subconscious level that they begin to do this on a routine basis, that they're not having to remind themselves that they have to do it. So I think yes. that that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know so, we're going to be uh, wrapping up pretty soon. I, I wanted to. Yeah, we, just we, got, we got two minutes. So I'd like to like, you know, I, I want to first thank you for, you know, you know, being here. 
uh, today because you are just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to communication. You're a great coach, a great speaker. You bring so much value. I would love to make sure that the audience knows how to get in touch with you and what you're up to, if there's something coming up that they should know about and anything you'd like to provide them. Well, Chris, first of all, I would love to hear from some of the listeners and you can easily reach me at my website, Patrick Donadio, D-O-N-A-D-I-O.com, or even easier, go to LinkedIn and, you know, connect with me and, and, you know, you, we can have a conversation there. I've got a lot of tools and resources I'd love to offer for free. So if anybody who's listening wants an article on like the eight mistakes presenters make or some tips on how to be more effective in front of the camera, you know, these are all things I'd be happy to send some articles out uh, to the listeners. So just have them reach out to me either through my website, which I think will be in the show notes probably, uh, or also uh, through LinkedIn. Great. Well, we got just a few, about 30 seconds, but I want to make sure in 10 seconds, back any high impact statement that you can make as a final word to the audience. Yes. You know, I'd like to close almost all my presentations with this favorite quote, nothing changes until you change. So if you want to be a better communicator, you can't be listening and saying, well, you know, my boss doesn't do this or my wife doesn't do this or my husband doesn't do this. You got to do something. So when you change, your world changes. So take some ideas we shared today, put them into practice, and you too can start communicating with impact. Wow. Powerful, powerful. And I love that. That is so true. Thank you so much, Patrick, for being here. Listeners, we want to thank you each and every week uh, joining us here at Sustainable Success. The show is dedicated to you and bringing in experts like Patrick to share their words of wisdom and knowledge to help bring your scale, your business and your personal success to the next level. Again, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today. And we highly encourage you to reach out to Patrick direct in this particular area till then, everybody have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Thursday at 12 to one East coast time. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.